Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. everybody. Welcome back to the Brunch and Slay podcast. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder and CEO of Brunch BAS Media and the founder of Brunch and Slay, the lifestyle brand creating experiences, connections, and content to inspire women to live their best life every day. We have a podcast that comes out every Tuesday. And for those of you who are returning, I say, hey, y'all. Hey. I hey. hope all is well. Spring is has sprung. Life is good. You can hear it in my voice. I don't longer have to wear sweaters every day, so I'm feeling real fancy and free. So <laughs> thank y'all again for listening. If this is your first show, man, hello. I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy so much that you share it with a friend. Today's show is another awesome one. Man, I can't tell you how thankful I am to have so many amazing women that we get to talk to and hear about how they're disrupting the world and creating opportunities and shining the light on different things that need to be shined on. So I won't even get on my soapbox because y'all know I can go. But today's show, we have a, a real cool guest. She's an education consultant. She's a TEDx speaker. She's an advocate for equitable education which is amazing. You know, we don't have enough cheerleaders out there really shining the light on the things that we don't know. And so I'm excited to talk to her. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Ms. Jamila Sams. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Amira. And shout out to all of the women that are slaying. I'm so happy to be a part of this podcast. Yes, I love that. You're the first person who ever did that. So that was cool. <laughs> Yay, slay on, ladies, slay on. Yes. All right. So Jamila, you have such an interesting background. I, I have a billion questions in my head, but I want to start off with the first most obvious question to me is, why did you become an educator? Oh, that's a good one. Um, and this is a very personal story. So I'm glad you asked me that because I just now started sharing this story. Um, and it was really profound. I've always just had an innate desire to help people on some way, shape, or form. And when I was in high school, um, in 12th grade, my parents were going through a divorce. And I was the first person to go to college in my family. And I didn't know much about college. All I knew is that I wanted to go for marketing because I would watch A Different World. And at the time, uh, Boomerang came out. And I really... I just wanted to be Robin Givens and wear stilettos and, you know, just be fierce and, <laughs> and literally slay the, the marketing world. And I went to school and um, I was told that I had to take all of these math classes. And I was just so intimidated at the time of, of, with uh, statistics and calculus. I was just so intimidated. And I said, I didn't want to do that. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I recalled a memory that happened right before I went to college. Um, again, my parents were in the middle of a divorce and I started dating this guy who lived in a drug infested neighborhood outside of Philadelphia. That's where I'm from. And he had two twin nephews who unfortunately did not receive any early childhood education exposure. And so although I was dating this guy, I 
just looked at the neighborhood in which they were being raised. And I was really concerned about the fact that they didn't even know their own names. They did not know their ABCs and one, two, threes, and they were about five years old and, and they were not enrolled in school. And so instead of making it about him, after a while, I was just coming over after school to teach the young men how to read and how to uh, say their name and how to spell their name and their one, two, threes. And that's when I realized, okay, this is what I really want to do. Um, because I just felt in my heart that something wasn't right. And if I did not step in, I already saw that these young men were being set up for failure. And I call them young men because that's who I deal with now. And so I'm just even back then being that young, I thought about the trajectory in which they were going to experience. And I did just felt like I had to do something. And so I still went in uh, to college thinking that I wanted to go into marketing. Um, so I guess I uh, owe a thanks to statistics and calculus for scaring me away. Um, <laughs> I probably would not have become an educator uh, had it been that easy. Um, and so I think everything happens for a reason, but I always had this just innate desire to help people and to, um, I grew up in a house where education was paramount. Like we read a lot. Um, we had deep conversations around the kitchen table. And so I've always just had this desire to learn more. And I wanted to share that with others. Man, so, so much right there. Like I just, we could have a whole conversation and we were going to have one. And <laughs> but we could just talk about, there are so many of us who grew up watching a different world and, mm-hmm. uh, Boomerang and those great 90s Black films, Love Jones, all these amazing films. And I'm so, this is why I'm so excited about Black Panther and all these great movies that have come out. Right. And that a new generation gets to see us in a different light. And I think when you're a kid, you hear that. I know I did because I grew up in the suburbs. There were not many Black people where I lived when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had to, I had a little bit of both words. I started out in a in a very dominant part of Dallas, Oak Cliff. That's where I began, and then we moved to DeSoto, which was a suburb, uh, is a suburb, and it was just night and day. I went from all black classmates to one mm-hmm. or two, so it was night and day for me. But I didn't realize how important it was to see people doing well who look like you. Absolutely. And I see it now. And I remember hearing that when I was a kid and you're thinking their parents are old fashioned, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Wake up. It's a new world, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you know, you see it and I have a daughter now and I realize how important it is. And I try to expose her to so much, but I mean, come on, Boomerang was everything. And I still, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I have not seen the new TV show. Have you seen it? I haven't. I, it is definitely on my things to watch list. Okay, well, we're not alone. I guess we are out here explaining, <laughs> right? We don't have time right. for all day. But, but we, we love you, girl. We're going to support you. <laughs> Absolutely. But I say that to say, you know, you, you talked about, you touched on your passion and didn't know you were there yet, right? You, you kind of, right. you were being led to it, just wasn't aware of it because, and I, and I credit that to not, us not knowing enough. When we're not exposed to more, we don't know how to identify it quickly you know and that's why I, and this is a long-winded way of me saying this is why I think it's really incredible what you created as far as honing in on markets that probably need a little bit more attention and seeing that and not putting labels on them when you guys go to Jamila's website that's, that's what I really loved first and foremost about how you said like insert whatever word here about you know right. calling our youth disenfranchised or underserved mm-hmm. or urban all these mm-hmm. derogatory terms that they use to describe our kids right you know like hello just shining a light on that alone is why i was like yeah i gotta have you on the show because yeah, most people won't even say that 
Right. And, and we're starting to do it to ourselves. Um, I think we also need to check ourselves um, when we look at our children. And, you know, I know, you know, we get older and we say, oh, look, at these young people, they're, they're losing their mind. This is happening. That's happening. But we're just looking at the outcomes. We're not looking at the root of the problem. Like they didn't get there overnight. And so we have as adults, we have to hold ourselves accountable for how we're raising children. Uh, because we can't look at the outcome and just automatically assume that it's all them. We have a huge role in how our young people grow up. And mentoring is so important. Um, you know, just taking the time to, you know, nurture a, a child that may not be yours. Um, because, you know, I hate to sound cliche, but it really truly is a village. And we all have to get involved in making sure that our young people are set up for success, whatever that looks like. A lot of our young people are, you know, having huge issues with confidence and just, you know, presenting themselves in a, in a really great light right now. And I think a lot, the media and the images have a lot to do with that. Um, and then they're in schools where they're also not being celebrated in terms of their culture and what they bring to the table. And so I think just as adults, <laughs> we have a lot of work to do um, to make sure that our young people are growing up to, to carry the baton. Because, you know, I want to make sure that the person that's taking care of me in my nursing home uh, is well-educated. <laughs> they, have, uh, they have a certain level of empathy. <laughs> and they, and they uh, you know, they know what they're doing and they want me to, to be well. And so in order to do that, we have to put the time in now. Um, so I really encourage people, if you're not currently mentoring, you know, please find somebody to mentor, male or female. Um, they really need it. You know, you said something pretty cool. And I think this is something I'm going to just put it on out there. I think we have to hold, and I'm saying this, we have mm -hmm. to hold ourselves as adults more responsible for shining a light on more adults. You know, the mm -hmm. kids, that's the afterthought. I'm going to say that because you, you kind of talked about it as far as the way we raise, like, I'm going to be real folks who there are people who plan things and they know what kind of parents they want to be. And then mm -hmm. there are opportunities in your family or different situations where, you know, you have someone who's not ready and you know, they need more help. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's real easy as a community. I won't even just say African-Americans. This is America's problem, period. Right. right. Um, where we really truly are caught up in our now and mentorship. Mm -hmm. Like why, how do we do that? How do we make that more prevalent? You mentioned it, but where can they mentor? How can they do it for an hour? This is what I, this is my, my, my question. Mm -hmm. We can present these things in a way and we put it out there, but it's like, well, how do we do it in like baby steps? What, what, how do we start this where it's 30 minutes, one hour, mm -hmm. you know, where is that? Yeah. It starts with the desire. And you'll be surprised um, right now, for the most part, most of the, um, I've ran several mentoring programs over the years. And I'm not saying this is the case for all mentoring programs, but I knew a lot of mentoring programs and school districts are really struggling with getting men to, to mentor. And I think the first step is just having that desire and understanding that there is a sense of urgency um, as it pertains to making sure our young people have mentors in their lives. And so it starts with that desire. And then it also starts with some research. I mean, we all have access to getting the information we need. We can go online. We could, uh, you know, do a Google search for mentoring organizations in our backyards. Or we can even take a more organic approach. You know, I have neighbors that I try to, you know, mentor from time to time just because I see some things that are just, you know, I could tell if they don't stop certain things that they're going to end up in a certain down a certain path. 
And so I take time to even just have conversations with my neighbors. And so it's a little things, just showing that you care and showing that you're fearless. Um, that's another trend that I'm seeing now with adults. Um, you know, and again, it's not just African-American, you know, African-American, white, it doesn't matter. I'm seeing this trend where adults are scared to redirect young people. Um, oh, yeah. Or, they go to yeah. jail. Everybody goes to jail for everything. Well, <laughs> well, redirecting doesn't necessarily mean putting your hands on it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Clarify. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my parents would probably say differently, but um, <laughs> it does not mean that. Redirection could just be having a conversation with them. Um, and it doesn't have to be a, um, you know, punitive conversation. It could just be a, you know, how was your day? You know, tell me what you're studying. You know, if you need help with X, Y, and Z, I'm here to help you. Just um, redirecting them in terms of, you know, their language. You know, you hear young people just blatantly use a profanity these days around adults and no one says anything. So it's those little things um, right. that we can do. I'm sure you hear it all the time as an educator, you know, uh, or, or, or used to hear it. I, I think a lot of times nowadays people don't want to hear somebody say, you know, leave my kid alone. You know, you try mm -hmm. to do the right thing. I get it. I get what you're mm -hmm. saying. And I know you're right. Mm -hmm. Everything you're saying is right. So I, I'm definitely not fighting. I'm just wondering where, you know, and I, I guess starting the conversation is the first step. So this is great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us about Go See Miss Sam's. So Go to Miss Sam's was started um, as an education consulting company about five years ago because I just noticed that there was a huge disconnect between the adults that were teaching our young people. Uh, and those disconnections could come in the form of race. Um, most of my work are most of my work does exist within large cities or as you would say, urban districts. And so right now we have a situation in the teaching profession where 77% of teachers are women and 80% are white. And then those teachers are in front of black and brown youth. And so what I was seeing was that there was a huge disconnect between the adults and the students. And it wasn't just the white teachers, some of the you know black teachers as well. I have a saying that goes, just because we're the same hue doesn't mean I can identify with you. Um, and so just getting to know students on a more profound level just is something that needed to happen because relationships matter. Content is important, yes, but building those relationships with students is extremely important because students don't remember, you know, may not remember what you tell them, but they remember how you made them feel. And especially uh, children of color, they thrive in having those relationships with adults. And so I wanted to work with schools that were struggling with developing those relationships. And it's not just the relationships, it's the systems and the structures that support those relationships. So things such as school climate and culture, how does the school feel when you enter the building? You know, does it feel like a school? You know, are people speaking, with each, speaking to each other with respect? Um, are kids being celebrated? What does that look like? How's the community being um, welcome. You know, what does that look like? And so for a lot of schools, unfortunately, I'm sure you've heard of the school to prison pipeline. A lot of schools literally feel like prisons and, you know, it's not very uh, warm and inviting. The way that they speak to the students is horrible. The way the students speak to each other is horrible. The academic achievement levels are low and it just doesn't feel good. Um, and so I've worked with a lot of what's called transformation schools where schools may have felt that way at one point, but then 
through love and a lot of hard work, um, they were able to be turned around and transformed into a more positive, productive, and equitable school community. So that's what I do. I work with probably the most challenging schools or schools that um, may be a little more reflective and they see, you know, our school culture is not quite where I want it to be. How do we move our school culture from good to great? So I work with those schools as well. But it's rewarding work um, because our our young people deserve to be in spaces where they're being empowered, where they're being celebrated, where they learn about their culture. Um, and I just want to be able to provide more of those opportunities. This episode was produced and edited by S1G1 Productions. There's a place that shines a light on women who operate in excellence, a place that creates experiences for women and partners with entrepreneurs and businesses and brands who value your dollars. That place is brunchandslay.com. It's experiences you love, connections you crave, and content that inspires. Brunchandslay.com. We're building something. And now back to Brunch and Slay. And that says a lot about who you are and what the calling is for your life. So how do, I guess, what's the best way for loved ones to really support with those young ones in school? What's the best way to tag team and really make sure that this message is becoming the foundation for, I guess, your children? Absolutely. I think it's really important for parents and guardians to form partnerships with schools. Um, I think as students start to get older, um, most parents want to kind of step back a little bit, and which is, which is natural, but still be involved. Find out who their teachers are, find out what they're learning about, find out what the expectations are, and then talking to your child about their, their day. Uh, again, I think as they start to get older, we forget to do that and making sure that they are well-rounded and they have those experiences. And if the school's not doing the job, be an advocate for your child and for the other children that attend that school. What is it that you could do in order to help that school to be better and staying in constant communication? I think it's also important that parents start to find out the values of schools. Um, Most schools have a mission statement or set of values that they're supposed to uphold. And I think it's really important that parents and schools are in the same way same uh, wavelength. So for example, um, a lot of schools now are more college prep. Um, So if you're more interested in your child, maybe seeking out an alternative career, then those are the type of conversations that you need to find out about a school before your child goes there. And just really being in partnership, not just with the school, but with your child in terms of what their talents are, what is it that they want to do, or they think they want to do when they grow up and helping them to uh, choose a school that's aligned with you know, something that they really want to do, because that's how schools are changing now. They're becoming more customized. Uh, We're kind of shaking up education. We're no longer in the years of like the industrial revolution where we're just keep, you know, teaching kids how to do, you know, very rote level things like assemble a car. Um, Everything's, you know, way more advanced now. So you need to be an environment that's going to support that. So I think as many um, questions as possible, parents and guardians can ask the schools to make sure that they're on the same page when it comes to their child's education, the better. And don't stop just when they get into middle school and high school. That's when more questions should be asked. Excellent advice. Excellent. I mean, 
so true about how it's evolving and changing and how you really have to pay attention as a parent to what your kids like. There's mm-hmm. something for everybody now. They have such advantages that we just didn't have mm-hmm. and options. Even now, a lot of schools have open enrollment. You are not married to one school district anymore, which is amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, th- that right there in itself says education is evolving. It's come a long way. And people like you have been advocates and you're, you have been heard. So when did you know that you had to answer the call because you, when did you realize it was a call? How about that? Uh, the call to, uh, start my own business. No, the call to really, I guess, make this your message, especially about emotional learning. I know that's something we haven't talked about yet, but I love, mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued by you. And I know you just did a Ted talk about emotional learning. Mm-hmm. I guess tell everybody a little bit about what that means and then we'll dive in. Mm-hmm. So social emotional learning um, consists of basically five competencies and it's the skills that we use in order to um, be reflective within ourselves and how we interact with people around us. And there's five competencies. The first one is, is the most powerful and that's what I did my TED talk on. It's self-awareness because without self-awareness, none of the other competencies have a foundation in which to build upon. The second one is relationship skills uh, how do you, you know, interact with other people? Um, the third one is responsible decision-making. So really zeroing in on who you are as a person and the decisions that you make and are those decisions going to help you or harm you? There's self-management. And so, you know, we all have uh, our moments, <laughs> our triggers. <laughs> so how do we manage ourselves in difficult times? Uh, and then the last one is social awareness. And basically, how do we see ourselves um, in the lens of a more global society. And so all of those um, social emotional learning competencies work together to make us really well-rounded individuals. And what's happening in schools is, you know, traditionally we've been taught to teach content, science, reading, math, um, and how do we teach students content? And that's what we focused on. But now that we're seeing so many things happening with our young people in schools, Um, from an emotional standpoint, whether it's the unfortunate mass shootings, whether it's um, just decisions that kids are making now with, uh, you know, having uh, moments of violence with adults, uh, with each other, you know, we have to step back and say, wait a minute, something's not right. (laughs) And, um, you know, the thing that pops into my head is when uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Gozo said, Molly, we in trouble, girl. That's how I feel. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, like girl, we in trouble um, because we're seeing things now that we've never seen before. Like recently, I am based out of Baltimore, and we recently had a young person attack an older uh, black woman. And in our community, you would never see that in a million years. Um, and so now things are shifting, and so we have to figure out how do we get to the core of what's causing these. Um, issues we have to get to the core and at the core of every single human being uh is social emotional learning like how do we identify with ourselves you know have we experienced trauma that has not been dealt with and how does that play out um with other people with children you know if they grow up in an environment where trauma is happening all around them it's really hard for them to um disassociate themselves with that because trauma takes counseling in order to get over and, and coping skills and unfortunately, um, mental health is a whole nother issue. That's a whole nother uh, podcast. But, oh, yeah. you know, that is, is a huge problem um, because a lot of our families are not seeking out that professional support or they may not have access to it. 
So as a result, all of those things are now spilling over into the schools. And again, it's not just, you know, marginalized communities, it's nationwide. Oh, yeah. And so, and so what can we do in order to address these things? And it, it starts with calling it out. And what that call is, is, is social emotional learning. Oh, man. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you. Like, I, this is so awesome. Just lighting that fire inside. And I hope you guys who are listening are thinking about folks who you know, who you could give a, a little extra help. It's that cousin who you bring to your house for the weekend, you know, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. those kids to the museum because you know their mom has to work in his spring break. Mama, I, you know, I, I credit my mom a lot all the time, but that was something that she did. Um, my mom had her own business for a long time. And so she had a much more flexible schedule. And I remember in the summer, her literally mapping out one activity a month and telling all her siblings, hey, I'm going to take the kids in my minivan. We're going to load up. This is how much money they need for the summer. This mm-hmm. is the dates we're going to do things. And certain times of the month, all my cousins would be at my house and we would go and we would have adventures. And for us as kids, it was just fun to hang out and have summer parties. But she was exposing us you know, to those things that, Typically, we just don't, and we got to do it in a, in a space where we were comfortable. It's those little things right. like that, y'all. And I'm just literally just remembering that right now as you're speaking mm-hmm. and just thinking of as I'm asking and I'm trying to search for how can we answer the call? That's why. That's how. You know, mm-hmm. taking your kid to just driving out of the different suburbs or, or different parts of the city. They have free museum days in every market. You know, mm-hmm. they Absolutely. have definitely lots of tools and we got to use our tools. You, you're right. You, you said it like it is. Get on your phone and Google. Stop mm-hmm. being lazy. You can Google every damn thing else. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, you said it a lot better than I did, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do it. And, yeah. and this is like literally, I hear, I'm hearing God working right now and, and, and igniting something because we have these platforms and these opportunities to do things and there's so much available. And what I'd like to do is know more about the things that you guys, and, I, and I'm, gonna, I'm saying this to the audience and the folks who are listening, those mm-hmm. of you who are listening who have platforms and you have dates that are happening in your city and you have these great resources that maybe there's a drive for some particular event in your school district, whatever, it, it, or it, it doesn't have to be about children, but things that help us live our best life. Send those messages, messages to me. I don't have the biggest platform, but I got stories. I have newsletters. I have things that I can put out information on. Just like a couple of weeks ago, Apple is having a major scholarship right now for young people in tech who want to learn how to code. Mm-hmm. And I put it in my stories and I'm praying that you guys responded to it, but it is free. They're playing room and board. They're teaching people how to code in the academy. They're looking for not minority and women who want to code. Mm-hmm. Young women, college students, this is free from Apple. So these are great opportunities that we just don't voice, you know, and we don't put out. But you, got, you can't tell me the day before, y'all. Y'all going to have to give me a little notice. <laughs> right. But I do want to do it because this is something that I think we all should be doing. All of you have platforms. I don't care if you have 100 family members that follow. That, that, that's an audience. Mm-hmm. We need to be sharing these messages a whole lot more. So, man, thank you, Jamila, for lighting that fire. Thank you. Yeah, we have a lot of work to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to, we're going to kind of transition a little bit. I'm going to ask you a few questions and I want you just to answer the sentences and say Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. I dream of. Oh, I dream of a world where everybody has their need to thrive. Uh, there's so many resources to share 
I just don't understand why we're so greedy. Uh, <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, just a place where we all can thrive and just be the best versions of ourselves, whatever that looks like. Um, and I know that sounds very, you know, you know, again, cliche, but I, I do think about that. I do think about that every single day. Um, I think there's room for, for all of us to shine. It's just a matter of supporting each other, similar to what you're doing with the podcast and women. Like, we just got to lift each other up. And so, yeah, I do, I do dream about that. Yeah, and I don't think that sounds cliche. You know, I want us to stop mm-hmm. saying things like that. It's nothing. Good things are supposed to be normal. <laughs> You know, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we shouldn't put disclaimers mm-hmm. on wanting good because what mm-hmm. you're doing right now, the, the dedication that you're putting in your extra energy is no telling how much of your own funds you spent to help little kids and help other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. That should be celebrated. You know, no more disclaimers. We, we, we want to roll. We want to win. And I, I love that. So the next question is, there is always. Uh, there is always love. No matter how dark a day may be, no matter what the situation is, uh, I always just have a, a tendency to be an optimist and find some level of love in the situation. Um, so there's always love. Love is energy just that just cannot be destroyed. Yes. And so there's always love. Yes. I don't think. Hmm. Uh, I do not think this is real random. <laughs> I, random I do not think that prince will be very happy with his music being on spotify oh i i don't think so either you know people are low down boy that's why but that's why you can't be too attached to stuff because when you're gone people are gonna do what they want anyway right <laughs> you can have the best intentions you can have it all so we got to make this time that we're here breathing walking and talking matter because when we're absolutely gone, we what people interpret or what they do with what we've created so you're mm-hmm. right that, that was a good one i like that so you know one of the biggest things that's truly important to me as i evolve and as brunch and slay evolves is that we always pour back into people who pour into us and today you've shared your story you shared your platform and your journey with us so what good vibes or prayers can this tribe send your way um so i appreciate the good vibes and i want to be able to reciprocate so anything that we can do in order to collaborate on uh opportunities to to empower young people whether that's doing workshops with them or if you need help finding a mentoring program in your backyard um i am doing a uh social emotional learning conference in baltimore so if you're in the dmv area and uh you want to learn more about social emotional learning uh you could check out my website um, Facebook and Twitter. I go to Miss Sam's in order to learn more about these opportunities. But anything that I could do um, in order to, if you're an educator, if you need help reforming your school, I think we just need to work together um, and collaborate because our young people, uh, they deserve it. And the more vibes we can get collectively, the better. Love it. So you can brunch with anyone in the world, dead or alive, this Saturday. Who are you brunching with? Well, I already mentioned it, but I'm a huge Prince fan, so it would be Prince. Yes. <laughs> um, I am just, I'm drawn to people with a lot of layers to their talent. I know as human beings, we all have layers, but he had so many layers, I can't even count them. Um, just from being an artist, 
you know, playing 12 instruments. He was a cerebral creative. Um, I'm also a very creative person. And so I try to balance my creative side with my uh, education analytical side. But most importantly, he was an activist. And a lot of people don't know that. He gave away millions of dollars uh, quietly to foundations. Um, he was just, you know, even through his music, he talked about things such as capitalism and money doesn't matter. Or in pop life, he has a line that says, show me a boy in school and I'll show you a boy aware. He was just really profound on so many levels outside of just being a musician. So we would totally have brunch and <laughs> I would wear purple. And- of course you would. <laughs> Man, that's a great one. And I I love the reasons why, too. That's pretty awesome. Now, what area of your life are you currently slaying? I would definitely have to say my career. I'm so happy right now um, having these important conversations and meeting young people all over and working with teachers who are passionate about what they do. That's what really fuels me. Um, This this field is not about uh, monetary gain. It's about you know, making a difference and making a lifelong impact. Uh, monetary gains are, you know, definitely important, but it's really about uh, making sure that we work together, and make our young people thrive. So I would definitely say I'm slaying in my career and go to Miss Sam's. Yes, slay on. So where can people find you? How can they support you? Um, my website is go to Miss Sam's, that's G-O-T-O-M-S-S-A-M-S.com. I am on Twitter as well as Facebook, and uh, I will be posting upcoming uh, speaking engagements as well. So if any educators are out there that are interested in collaborating or parents have questions, please uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Yes. And guys, you know, my, my, my suggestion and my call to action is if you're listening to the show, I always ask that you follow the person. Give their feed 30 days. I'm sure you'll love it. You can, how could you not want positive vibes in your timeline, first of all? So I'm going to go on and say that. So she told her Instagram and all her following her handles, and I'll put them in the show notes. So go on and give her feed a chance, support her, subscribe to her newsletter. And let's, let's go ahead and answer the call. I challenge everybody to give an hour to a young person this week. Even if it's your child, give them an undivided, give them an undivided attention. So I think it's amazing. Jamila, I am cheering for you. I think what you've created and what you're building is so needed and so necessary. Thank you for answering the call. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. It's been an awesome experience. Well, thank you, ma'am. And guys, you know that this show runs on love and ambition and the call. So I thank you for sharing it on your social media platforms. Please be sure to tag us um, so that we can give you a shout out and give you a proper thank you for supporting the show. If you have not done so already, be sure to review the show and subscribe. Subscribe so you know when the latest and the greatest is coming out. We got a great so much new stuff coming your way. I think you're really going to love the direction we continue to evolve into. And I want you, no matter what, to always remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm Amira, and this is Brunch and Slay.